Welcome to the Drawing Room Experts. This is Abe. Um, with me, I have, I think I can safely say, uh, the most uh, ruffler, the biggest ruffler of feathers as far as my podcast guests are concerned in uh, Sarosh, because every time he's here, um, someone someone is pissed. You know? <laughs> so it, I honestly don't mind. I think it's 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 all it's all good. But uh, I'm sure Sarosh, you also feel uh, feel pretty okay with that tag. The ruffler of feathers. I think, yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, love being on the po- uh, this podcast, and you know, I, yeah, being a ruffler of feather. I think it's not a bad uh, title to have it, because especially uh, when uh, it in, it gets people to have the conversations that a lot of times we yeah don't tend to have because we we don't want to upset anyone. And you know, I, I I do pride myself in not being politically correct in uh, many situations. So. No, that's why I have you because I can, I can, you know, I can have those conversations without, uh, you know, the at least kujo target hena will put a spreader. That you know what I mean? Ke, exactly. Know, if someone's gonna come after me, they, mm-hmm. you know, also, <laughs> yeah, it's they have to be in two places in one time. You know what I mean? So exactly, we're, we're just giving, we're just spreading the, spreading the risk as much as possible. Yes, yes. mitigating um, our risks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, discussion is is along the same lines. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it might touch you know some some people awkwardly, and that's fine. Uh, you know, that's that's what it is. Then you know, it is what it needs to be. But I feel like uh, we sometimes tend to avoid those conversations. Uh, I understand sometimes in Pakistan we tend to avoid them out of like quote unquote uh, keeping the brotherhood intact. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but over here, I think those those conversations need to need to be had, and it's important to have them academically, but then also from a point of view standpoint standpoint as well. Because I think abhi is when it comes to restoration, whether when it comes to historical sites, when it comes to uh, you know uh, the 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 men of of her man yeah. and you know the of all the custodians the custodians of all of these historical sites you know when it comes yeah. to that it um it is a very singular point of view that exists out there in terms of a narrative and unfortunately that narrative is the existing status quo mm-hmm. that's how it's supposed to be and that's how it is uh so that's why they don't want to change it okay you know, ruffling of feathers, key, but another thing that tie, ties really closely with ruffling of feathers, people who don't like change, that's why they feel like their feathers have been ruffled. Yes. Sometimes, you know, uh, the breeze flows and uh, a few feathers are ruffled, but the breeze in, sometimes tends to take you into another direction where you might not have been uh, if the choice was on you. So over here, we're talking about, uh, you know, on the occasion of the 100-year, um, I would say... Uh, Hundred year uh, anniversary of the demolition of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the graves at uh, Al Baqi. Uh, whoever doesn't know what that is, please you know feel free to read it up and look it up. Uh, but in in um, in summary, I would say that you know uh, they were historical sites. They were um, landmarks that were destroyed hundred years ago, uh, which coincides with the. Um, with the with the control over the, those holiest the holiest sites in the religion of Islam by uh, the family of Saud, so uh, I haven't haven't gone to Saudi Arabia just a few months ago. You know, I have a little bit of a context now um, because now it's not just hearsay. It's basically I you know I've seen these things with my own eyes, and I I and uh, you know. People who are looking to go there and any other historical sites, you know, would be would would be able to connect with that as well because they would have some sort of an opinion on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been hundred years, and you know, I feel like first of all, as a community, um, and I'm talking about you know the Shia community predominantly because we've been mm-hmm. the only ones kind of protesting or speaking about it for the past hundred years. Uh, do you think we have been 
be able to do some sort of some some sort of justice i wouldn't say complete justice but do you think that we've been able to do what we can or what we have in our powers uh when it comes to the cause of al-baqi is concerned i would say no How so? and let me and let me let me back up before and you know i i would like to give your listeners a a brief history because uh, Al-Baqi or Jannat Al-Baqi as it's called is the yes. first established cemetery in the history of Islam by the Holy Prophet peace be upon him and his family and it does not just have a strong um, affiliation just for the Shia Muslims mm-hmm. but the Muslim Ummah as a whole there are yeah. very holy and revered personalities uh, both Shi'i and uh, of the Ahl Sunnah that yeah. are buried there. Uh, we have Khulafa buried there, Khulafa al Rashidin. The, the third Khalifa, Uthman uh, bin uh, Affan, is buried there, right? I'm there sorry. are revered companions of the Holy Prophet, like Jabir bin Abdullah al Ansari yeah. and Al Masdad are buried there, right? These are uh, revered. The Prophet's son is buried there. Yes, the Prophet's son, the Prophet's wives are buried there, right? Yes. The Ummahat al Mu'mineen. Uh, so for that, reason alone it is not just a shi'i issue it is a muslim issue i would say yeah and uh it is quite unfortunate that our uh brothers in the ahl sunnah and it's not due to their malice or their indifference it's due to a lot of it to their uh to the indoctrination or the wahhabitization of uh, or the salafitization of islam or Mm. or orthodoxy of islam and you know I actually, uh, you know, recently was with a brother of mine, uh, a Sunni brother of mine, who has the utmost love and respect for Al Muhammad, right? Yeah. He, he's at a Sunni and he said, look, you know, the Ali Umayyah, I have no love and respect for them because they're the open killers and enemies of Ahl al Bayt. Right. And this guy's Sunni. And he's yeah. like, I'm willing to lose friends over that. So yeah. to me, I see that and it gives me hope. To understand that, look, there is that love, right, within our Sunni brothers. Now, I said we haven't done enough because, like you said, we don't know. A lot of what we know is based on hearsay. And, you know, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we forget there are four Shia imams buried there. The grandson of the of Rasulullah, the Sayyid Ahli Shabab Jannah, as we call him, the master of the youth of paradise. Yeah. Imam Hassan al-Mustaba is buried there. Yeah. Sayyid Zain al-Abidin, right? Sayyid yeah. al-Sajjad, the, the narrator of Karbala. Yes. Right? The, he is buried there. Imam Baqar al-Hissalam, the Baqar al-Ulum, the one who you know, expounded religion and had so many wonderful students, including the, you know, the famous um, uh, school, uh, um, imams of uh, Ahl-Sunnah like Abu Hanifa. Yeah. The Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, the one who we take our school, our name from him, right? Taqal al-Jafariya. Or, or we trace our, our I mean, or, or, we, we take or, it from all the Aymas, but yes. that, that's the... That, that's who we, uh, is our namesake of our school of thought, right? And yeah, yeah. he is one buried of the there. greatest jurists in Islam, and he is yeah. buried there, right? And, yeah. um, you know, I there's many ulama that are buried there. And, and you know, up until the rise of the uh, of al saud in uh, the 1920s and 30s it was a very revered and holy site that was where dignitaries from world over wanted to be buried there right you know you have uh, the nawabs uh, from hindustan that are buried there you have the the ottoman caliphs and the sultans that are buried there the mamluk sultans and so on and so forth so in that sense yes it's uh, you know it's it is an important site that we must discuss. And, you know, a lot of us, we, you know, even within the Shia community, we talk about, you know, uh, I think it's like the 8th of Shawal, Shawal yeah. uh, that we talk about it because that's the Islamic date when uh, the destruction happened in the year 1923 yeah. uh, of the Gregorian calendar or the Christian yeah. calendar. And uh, the, the thing that, even though we talk about it, it's not given the same importance that other events are given, right? Events such as Al-Quds, or, mm. which is, again, a, a paramount importance, but, you know, it is, 
talking about Al-Quds isn't very important, but talking about the destruction of Al-Baqi, and it's not just Al-Baqi. Al-Baqi is a symbol for the Wahhabitization of Islam, right? And of the Salafization of Islam, where other cultures, other societies, you go look at the Greeks, right? You go look at even India today, right? Even under, you know, the Hindutva government of uh, Narendra Modi, right. right? You go look at, you know, China, you look at the United States or Europe, they're preserving their culture and their past. What are we, the Muslims, doing? We are desecrating our own past. And this is what leads to, you know, in, uh, so 1923, they demolish the um the uh the shrine the, well i wouldn't call them shrines but the uh, the mausoleums right of the imams of al-muhammad in al-baqi mm. and 1990s uh, when the taliban they're you know uh, the offshoot of the salafi diobandi branch of right you know religious extremism go when they take over in Afghanistan, they destroy the, you know, the Buddha statue. Right. So, you know, when, you know, the West, uh, Western media or actually media in general, when they're asking, where did this come from? Well, this is where it comes from. This mm. destruction of culture uh, in the name of um, divine unity. But that makes me, if, if your uh, faith is so fragile, that by looking at a, at a um, structure which houses the bodies of individuals who gave up everything for the proliferation of this religion, hmm. that that makes uh, that you think this is polytheism, then I wonder which Islam you're following, which God you're following. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's you know, so many thoughts in my head, and and yeah. but uh, throughout this podcast i also want to make sure that i challenge some of our thinkings as well and and yes. and and see if we can we can come up with a response and and uh, so it doesn't sound as if we're just like going Being on this this yeah. this this own our own dogmatic views or mm-hmm. uh, you know ranting through it but i, I what i want to focus on is is mm-hmm. is general generally the the restoration of historical sites right mm-hmm. um what i do understand from um you know some people who 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 don't have an issue with these things they say Mm -hmm. that you know if a government if a set of people if a Mm -hmm. majority of people if you know um, a state chooses in its own sovereign right as as its own sovereign right to do certain things like um you know um you know, removing the 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 Buddha statue or mm-hmm. uh, uh, or removing the signs of uh, the graves of the Alul Bayt or, or 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 more people that were actually buried. So, by the way, not just the, the the mausoleums or the shrines or the you know the 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 buildings that were built over the the graves of the Alul Bayt were destroyed. But there were others, non Alul Bayt folks, you know, that were that are buried there. The sahaba, there are numerous Sahaba that are buried there. Numerous Sahaba's uh, graves were you know destroyed or, or like those buildings were destroyed over their graves so mm-hmm. so they say that you know it, you know we're like very just in this uh, you know if it's even if it's folks that you consider us to love more than the little bit we're doing that the same thing with them and then also if it's my government and it's the majority of my people are no have no issues with that then basically how dare you right like so what's your oh. problem so my problem is this uh you, the Saudi government and Saudi nationals, do not have a monopoly over these sites. True. Right? True. Uh, as a Muslim uh, from Pakistan, mm-hmm. I do not have allegiance to uh, King Salman. Right. King Salman doesn't matter to me. He's just uh, I. I have as much. Uh, I give him as much importance as I give to uh, Kim Jong Un. Yeah. He's. A political leader, he mm-hmm. has no religious authority, in my opinion. No matter how many titles of you know custodians of the two holy mosques and whatever, blah blah blah, X Y Z right. um, things he likes to take on, he is not. Right. Right. In my opinion, uh, 
the the sites of al baqi or I, I would say the the two holy shrines right uh, the two holy uh, cities of Mecca and Medina uh, they belong to the whole of the Muslim Ummah correct and if we look majority of the Muslims around the world mm. have no qualm with having shrines and visiting yeah. shrines mm-hmm. uh, you go to the the the, uh, the Sufis right you go in Egypt, you have the Shadali order. You go in, the, in mm. India, you have the Naqshbandi and the Tistia order. And right. the Qadiriya order, right? You go, like Abdul Qadir Jilani, he's buried right yep. next to him in Baghdad. Right. There's millions that visit him. Yeah. We are from Pakistan, right? From Karachi. There's a huge mausoleum in Clifton, yeah. in Karachi, of Abdullah Shah Ghazi. And majority of the people visiting Abdullah Shah Ghazi are not Shia. Yeah. Same thing, you go into interior Sindh, in Savan Sharif, in yeah. Savan, you have uh, Lal Shahbaz Kalandar. Yeah. You go uh, up further north to Multan, you have Bahadeen uh, Zakaria. Yeah. You have Data Ganshakar. You yeah. know, these are just the names I'm naming of people from Pakistan, right? Or like mm-hmm. if you go to India, you have uh, in Delhi, you have Khwaja Nizamuddin Aliya or Khwaja in Ajmer, right? So on and so forth. So many of these people, right? So if Muslims in general had such a problem with it, shouldn't these shrines be also torn down? Right. And then also the biggest one of of all is the the Prophet of Islam. I mean, I mean, and that's the thing that most people don't forget. This is a very well hidden fact by the the Saudi regime. They actually planned to destroy the uh, Masjid al-Nabawi. Um, and the haram of the holy prophet because mm-hmm. their pl- uh, uh, because of their perverted and I will say this perverted and I am sorry if it offends anyone but uh, show me in Islam before Ibn Taymiyyah where this uh, perversion was considered okay or, or this was an issue or or mm-hmm. when this was considered like something you know having discussions about otherwise exactly. you're absolutely right you know. Uh, certain things we have to really take from the collective memories of the people existing mm-hmm. before us, right? So uh, prior to Ibn Taymiyyah, there wasn't any collective memory or historical memory where why this ever became an issue, similar to, you know, the whole debate about, you know, asking the quote-unquote dead for, for help and all of that yeah. stuff. That never was never a discussion amongst the Sahaba. That was never mm-hmm. a discussion about the Tabi'in and the Taba Tabi'in. It's never like something that you know you would find and even active in the Quran. Yeah, you would Quran, you would yeah. find active conversations about these things amongst that that community. That means that never that there that was wasn't never a thought. Yeah, that was not something that existed. Exactly, exactly. But uh, one more thing that they do say is that they have the Quranic verses and the traditions of the Prophet as in support for uh you know the the demolition of these sites and so our, my biggest question would be it's friday right we all read and read surah yep. kahf yeah in surah kahf the story of the uh, of ashab kahf yeah what happens in the end what's the end of that story it says that the king the righteous king built a masjid over them over them yep so what's going on there? So either you're contradicting the Quran mm. or you're nitpicking because and the thing is, um, if this is such a problem, right? What was the first Qibla of Islam? Um, the temple in Bat- Jerusalem. Bat- Al-Muqaddas, yeah. which is the, the temple wall. Yeah. You know how many prophets are buried in the temple mount? Yeah. Right. This uh, in Battle Muqaddas, they're all buried there. Yes. Nabi Dawood, Nabi uh, Suleiman, uh, Sayyida Maryam, yeah. Nabi Yahya, alayhi salam, Nabi Zakaria, alayhi salam, Nabi Daniel, Tal- uh, Talut, yeah, the righteous king. Yeah, there's so many. They're all buried there, right? So, my question why is Allah telling you to pray towards the graves of these dead men Yeah. and women? And women, not yeah. just men, women too. Yeah. And then on top of that, so you're saying that, oh, we have the verses of the Quran. Well, I'm showing you the verses of the Quran. Yeah. And it's not just Quran. There's logic, right? 
and then and, you know there's an also basic uh basic argument and a stupid argument in my opinion but i'm still gonna put it because it's they they yeah. use this actively they say mm-hmm. if you go to these sites that you just mentioned like you know mm-hmm. in ajmer and in, in multan and yeah. you know in in uh, uh lal shabazz kalandar you know Sevan mm-hmm. sharif all of these sites you go you see that the practices over there are so vile they're so there's like drug addiction happening there's 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 nothing that you would consider quote unquote islamic happening in those sites therefore those sites have become you know centers of perversion themselves therefore in order to remove the perversion you have to make sure that the center of those perversion is also destroyed therefore going back to their point they say that this thus proving that having these things in place and uh, you know constructed in the first place is a huge issue what do you uh, say then- to that? To that, I say, then you are misdiagnosing the problem. Correct. Because here's the thing. If I want to do drugs, right, (laughs) be it in Pakistan or be in the U.S., I mean, over here, according to that logic, we just shut down every uh, masjid in the United States because there's a rampant drug problem within the youth of the United States. Yeah. And guess where they're getting their drugs? So let's shut down all masjids, starting with these Wahhabi masjids. Right. Right. So... You know that is uh that's uh or or similarly if if you say that if the the, the source of the problem or schools is we should sp- shut down schools we there should just shut down I was, schools. Gonna, I was just gonna say madrasas right so not even madrasa i'm saying schools i know but nobody because, no everybody know it's an open secret of what happens in the madrasas in yeah. pakistan it's not something that is hidden mm-hmm. it's not something that any anyone denies as well like mm-hmm. nobody says that that's not happening they always mm-hmm. point to the other side. They say, "Oh, it's also happening over there," but they never say that it's not happening here. But, but and, and and if the same yeah. logic were to be applied there, that means that you have to shut down all of those schools as well, because exactly. there's a problem of uh, you know child molestation and you know all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and not, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say on that. Uh, my point would be uh, further on that is, I'm not saying that these problems don't exist. Correct. I'm saying Same. the solution isn't shutting down buildings or whatever, because by the way, drug problem started today, right? In the 21st mm-hmm. century, 20th century, right? Let's say I'll give you till the 19th century with the proliferation of the British opium trade. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, uh, so there, the drug problem, if you want to address the drug problem, why are people doing drugs? What's le- the, and this is a totally separate podcast on its own, yeah. but. Lack of spirituality and, and all that. Yeah. that. You know, that's a different discussion in itself. Yeah. yeah, and it's because you have created an environment that's such a rat race that people are going to drugs. So don't give me this argument, uh, and not you, but like when I hear uh-huh. these arguments, I'm uh-huh. like, okay, you know, that's uh, just a straw man argument. Why yeah. don't you come up with a real reason when you're doing this? And here's the thing. If you feel that there are cultural perversions happening, right? Mm-hmm. You feel that there's perversion. There's ahtaram in masjid, right? There's ahtaram. I mean, we go uh, to, you know, like to Mambargas, right? right? We don't do this stuff there. Right. And, you know, when we see something that is wrong, it is, I would say, the job of the ulama to openly go and say, hey, this practice you're doing, we should reconsider this. And again, at the end of the day, everything is about niya. And all of those practices are like b- very apparent but there are other yeah. practices like you know doing riba uh you know mm-hmm. uh, accusing someone you know uh, exactly. bad mouthing people that happens a lot in, in our mosques in fact, right? I, I was going to give you an example we know someone very uh, near and dear to us in our community who's just recently moved back to pakistan i'm not going to say their name because their life could be in danger because of this yeah. you know a brother who used to go to our uh to one of the imam bargas that we used to pre- that we frequent in the bay area yeah who uh, was told of, you know, not, uh, God forbid, nonsense and mm-hmm. filth that was being associated with, uh, you know, 9th of Muharram and with Shami yeah. Ghadiba and with, yeah. uh, you know, um, Ashura. And then yeah. this guy, you know, I would say to my Ahle uh, Sunnah brothers, especially mm-hmm. the ones who feel that, oh, this is what's happening. I would say, instead of taking it on blind faith, why don't you do what this brother did? He went and he learned about it. He's like, no, I want to go see it for myself. Is this really yeah. happening? How many of us are willing to sit there and say that Pala Masjid does this, Dhamkani Masjid does this, 
लेकिन हम कभी आप हमसे पूछे आप कभी गए वहां पे नहीं तो आपको कैसे पता हमने सुना किससे सुना भाई फलाम फला से सुना है तो वो भाई फलाम फला जो है क्या उनके पास वही नाजिल हुई थी वो क्या कोई रसूल या इमाम है क्या वो ये कोई जो है वो औलिया है खुदा है क्या जो उनको पता है नहीं एब्सोल्युटली वी नीड टू डू आवर ओन रिसर्च एंड या या एंड गोइंग बैक टू द मेन पॉइंट ऑफ द डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ अल बकी एंड ऑफ जन्नत मौल्ला इन इन मक्का वेयर द ग्रैंडफादर ऑफ रसूल अल्लाह इज बरीड द वाइफ ऑफ हिज वाइफ खतीजा Sayyidna Qasim the the son the first born son of Rasulullah is buried there yeah the the uh, the uncle of Rasulullah Abu Talib alayhi salam mm-hmm. who raised Rasulullah for um, a child and was the backbone of Islam till his death he is buried uh, there he's buried there the so the destruction of these sites we need to preserve our sites because it, any culture any society it is based on the relics of its past that it passes on to the next generation correct any religion any culture movement any movement it's it's important we come from pakistan for instance or even in the us like you know like you were uh, recent like i don't know if you've gone to uh, washington dc or new york or really like if you go there like these yeah. were the founding cities of the united states Mm-hmm. like i had the opportunity to go to philadelphia a few years ago and i visited liberty bell right i visited yeah. independence hall where you know the signing of the declaration constitution, of independence yeah. yes, yes and the constitution happened because that gives you it makes it real it makes it real and i'm going to come to that point it's a very 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 important point that you made it makes it real i think just before that i also want to address this this idea of like how um you know these sites become the centers of of perversion themselves and mm-hmm. and and that hence that that's used as an argument because it doesn't honestly whoever really actually believes in that uh, you know with all due respect it doesn't make sense when you make that argument because mm-hmm. the whole the whole history that you know the whole everything that you do in islam nothing is exempt from that right so the khana kaaba itself is mm-hmm. a building you know mm-hmm. if i was a non muslim and i didn't know anything about anyone i look at muslims praying you know bowing their heads towards that building i would think that's you know uh, that they worship that building yeah. which obviously isn't true but again it, if the if the idea is that oh it gives the view ke bhai aap jo hai na kisi cheez ko worship karo when obviously mm-hmm. you know you mentioned that ki sabki niyat and you know intention mm-hmm. is 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 very key in all of those aspects mm-hmm. but because they say intention is not key it's just how when it looks like that it looks as if someone is worshiping it okay so it's mm-hmm. also it also looks as if some somebody is uh uh worshiping the kaaba and similarly yeah, i think this present a black a black and then and then you have this rat race absolute like madness that i have witnessed to touch the the black stone mm-hmm. uh, uh why because you know again shifa milti what is shifa What is Shifa? What is Shifa? Again, Shifa is uh, what's the difference between you uh, touching you the black are, stone exactly, or a um, a Hindu going to the uh, the temple in uh, the temples? Yeah, the the temples. But I was going to say in particular the temple of um, of Shiva, the Shiva, you know yeah, with yeah. the huge uh, Shiva temple that they have. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between you and what's, them, or you know the Jews going to the black uh, uh, the 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 wall, the, western, the wall, the western the wall, wailing wall, yeah, the wailing wall, yeah. So, so exactly. So it's not optics. It's not all about optics. And then also, when you say that there are Quranic references and there's there's like historical references within the traditions of the Prophet, it also doesn't like you can't. Those things don't add up. As you know, Sarosh was also talking about the uh, uh, the cave of Kaf and the people in the cave. You know, that's a famous story. Everybody knows about that. That's mentioned in the Quran. You know, um, then there are other instances like you know the Safa and Marwa. You know, they are. what what are they they are just there there's mountains there were just mountains but they not even mountains like i would say hills hills exactly exactly very ab to khair bahut choti ho chuki hai when they're literally like i think marwa is barely there you know they've mm-hmm. they've cut most of it you know mm-hmm. and it was sad you know but 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 you know those those areas are preserved because you know it is associated with the people of god it's associated mm-hmm. with people who are who were there 
you know in that spiritual realm and you want to be you know feel that spirituality that they felt mm-hmm. when they were physically there that's why you go and kiss the stone the black stone because mm-hmm. you want to feel yeah the prophet did that you know and, and imams of alibet come here you know so you were you always want to connect with that that's that's the reason why exactly. you're not worshiping that's not god that's One not god I, I want to add on there uh, because mm-hmm. you know some of our brothers they are very big on following the sunnah of the prophet right mm-hmm. well if you're technically if you're following sunnah you're associating some partnership between that sunnah and god that is shirk exactly because exactly. god didn't do that yeah exactly prophet of god did that you say he's a bashar you say he's a man just like yourself yeah and why are we doing because we saw right mm-hmm. and, and this is a simple example for people to understand that we read in our books right because we didn't see rasulullah mm-hmm. he left 1400 mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. people who eyewitness rasulullah they saw him perform certain actions mm-hmm. they saw that when he do, used to do wudu they would collect the water because they saw him doing these things they started emulating because they said this man has been given the greatest honor mm-hmm. by god Mm-hmm. So if we want to reach that level of spirituality that he's reached, or even come close to that, right? We want to emulate. Emulate, yes, right? exactly. And anything you do in life, right? You're an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to go calculus, right? Mm-hmm. Do I have to follow the rules of calculus in order to get a derivative, or can I just go make up my own der- a formula for derivatives? I can't. Mm-hmm. You have to emulate someone who's done it. Yeah, I have to emulate Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah, because he's the first guy who did it. Yeah, and so does that make me associating partners to God? Because technically everything is God. Mm-hmm. I should. And I didn't go to, to God. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go. I want to get that derivative, or I want to write that code. I didn't go and just you know why didn't it happen to me directly? Why didn't we get as the term for this in Arabic is ilham? Mm-hmm. Right? Why did we not have ilham? Why did God not show me a vision? Yeah, exactly. So, so there's like so many instances where, mm-hmm. you know, you'd see that you know God wants us to preserve these sites, and God wants us to, you know, the fact, you know, one of the one of the ways of restoring or preserving history is speaking about it. Mm-hmm. So, Quran speaks about so many things which happened like millions mm-hmm. and thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? Because are they, you know, are they not irrelevant? If you want to say that every historical thing is irrelevant, therefore we mm-hmm. we should like destroy it or move on from it no fact, i i want to point out another factor here mm-hmm. um between maqam ibrahim and the i think i forgot exactly where but within the vicinity of the kaaba there are about 100 prophet or something like or 70 yes. prophets very yes right? that's uh, within the hijra ismail hijra uh, ismail and maqam yeah. ibrahim i think yeah yes so yes. here's the thing Stor- since we're talking about If we're using Quran as our source material, Ahl al-Fil, Surah al-Fil. So if, if that story tells you God is about preserving relics because this is an ancient house. Yes. Right. Yes. It's an ancient relic, a mutabarrik relic, a blessed mm-hmm. relic mm-hmm. from the time of Adam alayhi salam. Yes. Right. So if God had the perfect opportunity. Abraham was coming. Was he not like these uh, Al Saud? Like he, Abraham? If you look, what is the story of Abraham? Abraham yeah. wasn't a polytheist. He was a Christian king. Yes. Who who was a devout Christian from Yemen? From Yemen before Islam. So remember, Sufi so as Muslims, what is our belief that between the rise of Rasulullah? and the death, uh, and the uh, the uh, the message of uh, nabi uh, isa alaihi salam the the righteous religion was christianity christianity so this man is coming from a righteous religion mm-hmm. to destroy the kaaba only announced Unless religion it, at that stage islam was announced yeah yes why is uh, allah sending ababil to destroy this man God should be praising him. He should, we should be. Or could have been a perfect opportunity to use that as an example to say, "Hey, God is not dependent on you know structures. You know, therefore, yes, even yes. if Abraham came, Abraham came, and mm-hmm. he tried to destroy it, we let him do it because, hey, I, I want to give everyone a lesson here that hey, structures don't bound me. You know, all of that. Yes. He could have used that as an example to But show he didn't. He didn't. 
he went almost out of his way to not do that. Not destroy. almost. He went out of his way. He went, yeah. To destroy and not only destroy. Okay, Allah, you destroyed. Okay, it happened at the time Rasulullah was born, like a few months before Rasulullah was born. Yeah. Why are you bringing, uh, you know, 45, 50 years later in the Quran? Why are you having us memorize this? Correct. That look how it, uh, I dealt with Abraha. Yeah. And that you made it an example. And for eternity. Yes. For eternities. For and eternities. then also, and then also, you also have to talk about the way it happened. It didn't happen like it was like the, the the armies of Makkah versus the armies of Abraha. It was, it was God. Done, it, it was literally God. It was done in such a way that it always became memorable. Because, because there's you, a, a the 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 side story to that, the narration, ex- exactly where uh, Hazrat um, Abu Talib, uh, no, Abu Talib, Abdul Muttalib, yeah, uh, salam. Abraha came and captured his elephants. Uh, not his elephants, his uh, camels. Camels, yeah. Uh, like a hundred camels or something like that. And uh, Hazrat Abdul Muttalib came to the tent of Abraha, the the general and or king or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. the king of Yemen, let's say. Mm-hmm. And he said to him, "Give me my camels." And he's like, "I heard you are the sheikh of the uh, the Quraysh. Mm-hmm. You are the chief of the Quraysh. You are basically the king of this area. What?" Mm-hmm. Aren't you afraid that I'm going to come and destroy your temple? Mm-hmm. He's like, I am the master of these camels. That house has its own master. Mm. So that makes you wonder. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, Allah and... does not need us to protect those holy sites, right? But Correct. At the same time, Allah says, I'm protecting it, those holy sites. It is. It is basically... Uh, yeah, exactly, and then also it's it's Allah sets precedence, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not like they're not going to be ababils ever coming again to do that. Who knows, mm-hmm. Allah walam. But again, we know that that was just a once in a almost lifetime thing to show exactly. the importance of preservation of history, uh, preservation. It's not of about uh, yeah, God is not there to. And it was also not the. By the way, it was also not the qibla at the time. So. Even that debate is even that debate. Kya wo qibla tha to usko qibla that was not the qibla. So it, yeah, it was. Again, uh, and in fact, the qibla for all practical matter, matters, it was just a building. For all practical yes. matters, at that point, it was just a building. It was a building, and it, it was actually a. a, a, a it was a just a historical. Uh, site, uh, yeah. Actually, no, no, no. This is great. This is a great point. Going back to our yeah. earlier point. Hmm. Okay. Oh, we should tore, tore down, tear down these dargas because uh-huh. they're the source of all this oh, perversion. Right. Uh, Good one, good one. What were the Quraysh doing in Kaaba? <laughs> they were doing tawaf naked. They this was the source of shirk, shirk ala shirk. And biggest source of like uh uh fahashi. Yes, but this was that's the level of fahashi that you says, don't even see, don't even see yes. in these these so-called yes. places. These were the most wretched people mm. doing the most wretched and uh ungodly acts. Yeah. They, yeah. Their acts were so satanic that even Iblis himself sought refuge from them. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't That's know for sure, but I'm pretty sure he he was like, sure. he's mean, like, this is not my best work. This is not even my work. These guys are a work of art. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly, right? exactly. So, so I mean, that also gives you a lot of perspective that if so destroying sites if, because they are source of evil is the standard, then. Then what, why is Allah not destroying the Kaaba? <laughs> like let's start with the Kaaba. That was the source of all. And you can't come and say, oh, because like you said, the Qibla. Well, the Qibla was uh al Maqaddas, which yeah. Allah destroyed. Allah yeah. let the Romans and the Persians destroy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second temple and... was uh, destroyed by the Romans yep. in the year uh, 70 AD, which mm-hmm. was about what 150? Uh, no, about. Four, five, five, six hundred years before Rasulullah. Correct. At least five hundred years before the birth of the Prophet, Bayt uh, al-Muqaddas is destroyed, with only the western wall remaining, the Wailing mm-hmm. Wall. Mm-hmm. But Allah is over here protecting the source of shirk and bid'ah and you know whatever falan bin falan that we mm-hmm. want to say. So wh- where do the Muslims? Where does uh, Islam stand then? Absolutely. I think, Abi, recently I was listening to uh, uh, the late and the great uh, Muntazir Abbas. Uh, Professor Muntazir Abbas. Professor May Allah bless his soul. May Allah bless his soul indeed. And he was, he, he made a very beautiful point about like 
preservation of his the topic was something else but he just went on a tangent and he was talking about you know history and mm-hmm. and myths he said that what is the difference between history and myth and he to 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 illustrate his point he gave an example of the story of amir hamza you know you know yeah. india pakistan we all we all know as there's a story of amir hamza where you know there's a you you can all find it up online that you know it basically takes uh takes you around uh, hazrat hamza's life uh in a very prior to islam very fictitious that he used to live there he has kids and you know mm-hmm. all the way leading up to the time when he comes to makka and he slaps abu jahl you know and yeah. all that you know you know and mm-hmm. then history islamic history takes over mm-hmm. with all factual uh characters there was nothing koi farzi character nahi all real people yeah, they were all real yeah okay uh, um all real people mm-hmm. and we call that a myth okay mm-hmm. compare that to uh monjodaro so yeah mm-hmm. monjo he he said he said that monjodaro was a site where what happened was ke people who were living around that area you know all um, uh, i think in the the time of the british uh, whenever it used to rain you know there used to be like you know uh, uh pots and you know uh, different different uh, equipments that would just fall through a a mountain or or like a hill and people used to wonder kya ye barish mein jaisi jaisi you know land uh, sliding hoti hai all of that you know these these Where random stuff happen? these these random things would come. so this one guy who thought that okay in treat he started starts to dig and dig dig and lo and behold he discovers the whole city of monjodaro mm-hmm. and to this day we know nothing about the people who lived there Mm-hmm. we know nothing about what they what they were what their beliefs were there were guesses that people are making that you know based on the, the indus valley civilization that's the all the art- yeah exactly the, the artifacts that are found ki are ye kin ke bachche in khilonon se khelte honge you know mm-hmm. there's this language perhaps but factually there's no knowledge existing of who lived there but it mm-hmm. is an absolute fact of life that monjodaro existed why exactly. uh, adding on, yeah go ahead why because the difference between these two stories you know one with all the details you know amir hamza has all the details that you know hamza mm-hmm. went here hamza hamza did this hamza had so many kids you know he's the guy that he met blah 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 all of these historical details that you would think it that would you know perhaps lead up to it being uh, a real account but it's considered a myth mm-hmm. Op- opposing to that you have this 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 the instance where there's no story mm-hmm. there's no exact account but people consider that to be a fact why yeah. the difference is that one was preserved one was physically observable and the other had no physical remnants there's no, no no way for you to see if this happened or didn't happen therefore when you see historical sites being demolished mm-hmm. you might not feel the impact of it because you know you know these stories but 100 years 200 years 500 years from now it shows to me it shows you how short sighted these people are Uh, to add to that i'll actually yeah. give you another very famous mythology we've mm-hmm. all heard of this guy this poet the blind poet of the aegean sea uh, of yunnan by the name of homer homer yes yes he wrote two epic poems the greatest greek epics ever written mm-hmm. called the iliad and the odyssey mm-hmm. what is the iliad about it's about the people from the Aege- uh, from the Gre- uh, the hellenistic world fighting a war mm-hmm. called the trojan war <laughs> and until i think the ni- early 30s or the late 1800s early 1900s the city of troy was a myth mm-hmm. it was just a far fetched tale written yeah. by some guy 700 years uh before christ right mm-hmm. like 2 uh, 4 500 years before socrates and plato and uh that's all that was we don't and then lo and behold on the eastern uh shores uh, or the western shores of a modern day Greece they mm-hmm. found the city of Troy mm-hmm. and that went from being a myth to a part of human history reality reality it became real it became real it became tangible mm-hmm. it became part of our story stop being just a part of our story it became something we could connect with correct because we were able to get so many answers because of that right so imagine 100 200 300 400 500 years from now if there's no remnants of where the prophet sat mm-hmm. where the prophet would pray where mm-hmm. the prophet went on missions 
where the prophet talked or mm-hmm. or or you know where he lived mm-hmm. there's no evidence of that 500 years from now people can easily turn around and say hey i don't even know this guy existed actually exactly. i don't know I mean, nabi isa that's the biggest problem with christianity yeah did jesus exist yeah there's no physical pro- like alhamdulillah we have physical proof that there's the body of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam in makkah in medina, medina yeah. in Manavavi, under that you know the heavily guarded um you know zari that they put on yeah that we know he existed we know amirul mu'minin exists because he's in najaf yes we have his body imam hussein is in karbala do you we know, know karbala he- happened Karbala happened yes. because of that. And you, yes. if you go, and whoever's listening, and I haven't been to, but I've heard so many, and um, you know, Sarosh inshallah will go soon. You know, he will see, uh, people will, will see that, you know, when they go there, that, uh, you know, the, the detailing that has been done yes, uh, around the, you know, the preservation. It's not just, you know, the domes and, you know, the, the mausoleums, but like, here's what, you know, what happened here. Very small details. Like, like here's where Imam here. stood. Yeah, like, here's honestly, what Imam stood and did this. Here's what Imam. Here's where Imam, you know, uh, you know, uh, was hit by a rock. Here's mm-hmm. where Hazrat Abbas was was, uh, you know, he lost his hand. Such mm-hmm. detailing, you know, this is, this is again tangible. It's tangible yes. because you can. It's not it just. It becomes stories. real. It becomes real. It becomes mm-hmm. real. So preservation okay. of historical site is absolute yeah. paramount. Exactly, because like for instance, uh, you know, the story of Tilla Zanabia, which if people don't understand what I'm saying because it is an Arabic term, is yeah. the place where Sayyid Zainab stood as uh, Zanan bin uh, Anas and uh, Z- uh, what's his name? Shemir bin Dildoshan literally slaughtered Imam Hussein 70 feet away. Mm-hmm. And she's watching this, mm-hmm. right? So, inshallah, I do have the opportunity soon to go and I, I would love to go and stand there right and that it becomes real it becomes it's like it's if almost you're there and it happened and, and it connects this happened so and these, these people things... were real this is not some story this is not or star wars yeah, exactly. this is not harry potter yeah as much as i love star wars i mean i know it was made for it i so. mean even even harry yeah. potter has like historical sites because they have like oh this is where the scene was shot you know all of that yes. stuff. or even uh, star wars like they yeah. have you know these studios and with with all of these artifacts. Again, everyone in the world has figured this out. It it can't be rocket science. Mm-hmm. It cannot be rocket science that you know historical preservation is a thing. And yes. then you have all things pointing towards that direction. That you know why historical preservation, and then why you know people ask why is there's this un uh, wavering hate, despise that people have for the government in Saudi Arabia, unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, I, I feel for them. I feel that, you know, they, if they're racking their heads around this, like, why do people hate us? You know, it's similar to like in the people in the, uh, in the East, you know, when they hate America, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure somewhere in the white house, you know, the president sometimes thinks, why do people hate us? You know? And I feel sorry for them in that particular state because they are so unaware of why people have these feelings against them because what happens is that if you discontinue and if you if you you know stop all of the the preservation of his historical sites and i you know was lucky enough to be in makkah and medina just a few months ago mm. and it's now all like you know tall buildings and almost like you know a place where makkah specifically you know because i went there first time mm. i was overcome with spirituality but you know, people who go there every single day, I, I can understand why they would not feel anything because it's just surrounded by so much artifact, like artificial. It's, it's honestly, uh, if you think no, about it, it's no spirituality you know, left. It's not spiritual. It's because, and it's you know, like anything that you live uh, so close to something or you're every day, you don't see the value of it. I'll give you an example. Growing up in Bay Area, hmm. uh, we would go to the Golden Gate Bridge when people from outside would visit, right? Yeah, yeah. Visit San Francisco, the historic, um, you know, the Chinatown district. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, okay, UC Berkeley, okay, like going to, you know, Oakland, okay, yeah, these are cities, okay, yeah, Oakland has a lot of, you know... The Quake uh, Tower, all of that areas. Yeah, yeah, all that, and you're like, but, for instance, growing up, 
right? I didn't realize, like, for instance, the Black Panther uh, movement started in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. Huey yeah. P. Newton went to uh, uh, to Berkeley. Um, you know, Dr. Angela Davis was a is now an emeritus professor at University of, San, uh, of California in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. These are real people. This is real, right? Like, or I don't know if you're a fan of uh, like um, John Steinbeck at all, uh, the one who wrote uh, Of Mice and Men and Grapes of Wrath. Mm. I'm not sure. So he lived in Salinas, California. Oh, which is, yes. yeah. And there is the John Steinbeck house or Jack London, right? The, the famous photographer, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's, uh, and even if uh, in this, the, the hilarity of all this, right, is, for instance, in Germany, right, or in <laughs> Israel, the Zionist regime, they're preserving places of where the Holocaust happened. You know, there is, you know, places like in Austria, well, they'll be like, yeah, Adolf Hitler lived here. Yeah. The most wretched and evil man in history. And here gas, we are. This, the, this is where the gas chambers were. Yes. You know, people, things that you would ideally want to forget, but they're even making but sure that people exactly. remember it. Because you, that's what makes it real. That's what makes it tangible and relatable. Because to be yeah. honest with you, I mean, you have a two year old daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Three, three. Three, mashallah, mashallah, three now. Ever sit, uh, you ever sit with her and ask her, okay, you know, we go to Majlis, what do you retain from this? Mm hmm. She's not going to retain. Yeah. Even us, like the reason we do Azadari the way we do, right? The yes. reason we do the Jalus, the reason we go to the pilgrimage uh, on the, the walk to Arbaeen is because Imam Hussain becomes real to us. Otherwise, he was a man who lived 1400 years ago. A lot of men stood up for their principle and died 1400, 1500,000 years, 2000 years. How many on, people remember? To this day. Yeah. yeah. To this day. There's so many, like, how many people, uh, we don't go celebrate Tipu Sultan. Mm-hmm. He was a great freedom fighter. Yeah. How many of us go celebrate Bhagat Singh? I mean, just last or two years ago when there was, uh, when the the Black Lives Movement started, Matter, yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter, sorry, uh, Black Lives Matter Movement started uh, after the tragic death of, uh, forgetting the name. Exactly, um, George Floyd. George Floyd, there you go you know proves my point you know it, yeah. he was the talk of the town he was talk of like he was, he was like time he was the martyr was gonna, for the cause martyr of the cause but now i'm pretty sure you ask people like me i i was you know i was living through it i even i don't remember his name anymore so you know things it it they only become real as we you know we've been discussing and we're trying to nail this that mm-hmm. the only things only become they 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 only become real if we continue to talk about them. Yes, George and Floyd is forgotten. Get, George and, Floyd is forgotten in a sense because no one's there's no one talking about him anymore. Mm-hmm. There you go. So we talk about Imam Hussein. We talk about you know the cause of Karbala. We talk about the events at Karbala for 1400 years. We've been like uh, you know, and we it's not like we I don't say it as a complaint. We actually wear it as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. That we we have been chosen to do this, you know, yes. because uh, honestly, the, the the movement doesn't depend on us, people like me or Sarosh or anybody, for it to be. We're alive. just small cogs in a giant machine. It's absolutely, and it's our honor that we we are like that small, small, smallest of smallest particles in that whole ecosystem, right? So. Mm-hmm. Preserving history is not for the historical event itself. It's for our own sustenance, because that mm-hmm. reminds us Ooh, where yeah. we, where we are, where we are coming from, mm-hmm. and where we should avoid going. Otherwise, yes. it's just you know storytelling. It's just you know nothing. We forget George Floyd. You know, two years yeah. ago that happened. Mm-hmm. We forgot him. So yeah. literally two years ago. Literally two years ago, exactly. You know, the midst of a pandemic that happened, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. I thought that's gonna be the game changer of, in, in, you know, in politics. But that's another discussion of, in itself. Yeah. That what happened after that, and how the Black Lives Movement, or where I the have, Black Lives... I have my thoughts on that, but we'll yeah, talk I know. About me, it too. me too. Me too. Me yeah. too. I know. Sadly, where it has gone, unfortunately, and but but here we are, right? So movements, and so, you know, so that also goes to show that you know people standing up for a cause they're not standing up the moment they forgot that the 
the center piece of the cause mm-hmm. was George Floyd and the 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 rights of the black uh, mm-hmm. African American. The moment they forgot that, mm-hmm. the whole purpose, the whole thing is done. Nobody mm-hmm. nobody gives a shit about them anymore. Exactly. So it means our sustenance and our uh, uh, survival. We're not sur- like the the cause isn't surviving because of us. We're surviving because of the cause. Because of the cause. Yes. So that that's what it proves that you know the moment they put that aside, they put the cause aside and start focusing on something else. Mm-hmm. You know, corruption, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it they're irrelevant. Everything is done right. Same thing would happen to us if we put the cause aside. You know, for Imam Hussain and start focusing mm-hmm. on other things. We will be done. The cause will stay there. You know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's a. Uh, all, all its uh, you know glitz and glamour, but we will be, we will perish. Exactly, and to add to that, I would say, and talking about the Greeks, right? The moment you get rid of these things, right? These real, tangible stakeholder things. These things become myth, right? Hello? Uh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, I'm so, yeah. So these things become myth, like. We've read the story. We've all read the Iliad and the Odyssey. We know about King Odysseus and, you know, Achilles and Ajax and Agamemnon and Menelaus and all and so on and so forth. But do they matter anything to us beyond being characters in an epic poem? Hmm. They're not very real to us because no. there's nothing connecting us to that. However, you go, you know, several hundred miles or settled out a few thousand miles to the east in India, where the epics of Mahabharat and Ramayan are still alive. Yeah. Right? Rama, there is a place, the Rama Bridge, which we, the Muslims, call the Adam Bridge. There is the land of Lanka, where, you know, uh, Ravan took Sita. Yeah. Right? And you have, uh, you know, the Iron Pillars. You have places where, you know, Lord Krishna lived, or you know, King Rama lived, or hmm. even the Buddha lived, right? They still have the Bodhi tree under which the Buddha had his enlightenment. Yeah. So these so, things, these things are like again, certain they ground things you, you to yourself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, we, it, it is very rare that like five percent there are right of the Muslim population the. The, mm-hmm. the the ideology that we're talking about here very mm-hmm. small percentage of the muslim mm-hmm. population it's very mm-hmm. rare that very small percentage has got it right and mm-hmm. literally everybody in the world is stupid yeah. and they're and, and they're literally you... spending money they're spending exactly. the, you know that they're they're spending their time effort there's like doctors and historians i mean the, there is a reason why historians existed there's a reason why phds mm-hmm. are being done they're wasting their time are they all like stupid Mm-hmm. That they're going, reading up things and digging things up, and archaeologists and all of that. I mean, you know how Pompeii was discovered, right? There's a famous story yeah. around yeah. that. Well, uh, the, you know. the, it was first of all, it was buried under the uh, volcanic ash. Yeah, and, and this guy who was not even like a an archaeologist discovered it. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you know, it's 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 it, they're not stupid. Not every everyone cannot be stupid. You know, mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very uh, arrogant way of looking at things. So I guess, you know, put to whoever's listening who has these views, I think it's very important mm-hmm. to start at least listening and try and consider like, w- what are these guys banging on on about, you know, exactly. and, you know, all of that, you know, why do they need yeah. these these constructions built over, you know, some some graves? Why? Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. You know, we're not stupid. We're not stupid. And, I, and uh, to add to that, I would also mm-hmm. say, also ask the people who are trying to keep it from you and trying mm. to destroy these monuments why are they so adamant on destroying it like it's not like we're trying to preserve the house of abu laheb or abu jahal or of abu sufyan right we're not trying to or hinda or you know abraha right mm. we're not trying to preserve that we're trying to preserve the household which where the quran came where the greater mess- greatest message originated uh, from. Reveal, yes. We're trying to preserve the land which holds the sacred bodies of those individuals who recognize the prophetic mission of Rasulullah and said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Mm-hmm. So why are we not trying to preserve that? Yeah. If 
you know, um, calling uh, Sayyid Amar Nakhshwani about Amir Mu'mineen. Give Amir Mu'mineen to the Christians, they will make him the greatest. Yeah. Give him to the Jews, they'll make him the greatest. But it's the stupidity of our Muslims that we put others above him. Make him the Likewise, fourth. Likewise, yeah, make him the fourth. Fine. Reluctantly. Yes, yes reluctantly. <laughs> and, you know, if, if it's about political leadership, then, you know, Salman al-Farsi never held really any political uh, office. And being a king or a caliph is not the prerequisite to be an awliya of Allah because Nabi Zakaria was not some king. Nabi Yahya was not some king. Hmm. Being a khalifa does not make you God's most greatest. In fact, Allah gave political leadership to Nabi Musa, but he told him, go to uh, Nabi Khidr. Again, yeah. in the story of, of uh, Surah Al-Kahf, right? Yeah. They go to him. He knows more than you about things. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, again, very good discussion. I think Always we is. we are uh, aligned in our thinking. And I think there's no, no other point of view that I could think of that I haven't touched on and we haven't touched on. And uh, again, you know, it's sad that it's been 100 years that, you know, we haven't been able to turn, turn things around. Although, you know, I have slight hope and I, it, if, make, if it makes me stupid, I, then know, it is make me stupid. But, honestly, you know, I I went to Makkah and Medina just recently and, you know, uh, 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 and some of I, I, I feel like, you know, this this new king that that is coming or is being prepared or is, I guess, who's running the show, Muhammad bin Salman, who's running the show for all practical matters, you know. He is, for all practical matters, a secularist, you know, yeah. uh, uh, as I would understand, because you would see the diminishing powers of the shurtas over there, which is mm -hmm. something that I heard from everybody before I went there. Hey, don't mess with those guys. You know, they're going to they're gonna spank the shit out of you, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I saw some like really stupid things happening in front of the Kaaba. And I was like, I wish someone would spank the shit out of these guys. <laughs> but yeah. but but they still didn't. And they were like holding it back and they were. You know, they were like obviously they they had their this it's a requirement of their job to keep things organized to be a little harsh and all of that and I don't mind that. And you and I have both been in you know organization the, within organizations we worked in those roles. Yeah. And it you know I'm not gonna say all shortas are bad. They're doing like you said they're doing their job. They're doing they their job. And they have to you know they, they're certain things. Order yeah. Yeah, like we can't we don't live in a rule of the jungle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're not stupid. But that's the only hope that I have. Although his this this you know, uh, for the longest time I've I've had my reservations about this person, and you know, mm -hmm. reservation is a very very light word I use, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to Makkah and Medina and come mm -hmm. back safely. Um, um, but uh, that's the only hope I have that maybe he yeah. feels feels like, hey, you know what? I don't give a shit. If these guys, that's what they want, just give them that. You know, just yeah. don't bother me. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's, yeah, you that's know, that's what they want. Is, is, that, is that all that will take from every, everybody to yeah. shut the fuck up? <laughs> you know, okay, yeah. yeah, just give them that, right? Exactly. And that's the thing with, uh, with I am not a, I'm not a huge fan or supporter of Muhammad bin Salman. Never Same. have been, never, probably won't be, but I will say, Especially in the recent weeks, the developments that I've seen, not just in his, you know, outlook on the uh, on the secularism of which, I, honestly, there could be a problem in that. But that's let's 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 table it's that. Better than, better than that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm it is. Picking, it is. I'm picking two uh, the lesser of the two evils. That's what exactly. I still want. And, secularism is no idealist, but yeah. Come but on. I will say this: that his willingness now, after you know, decade, like over a decade. Almost two decades since mm -hmm. the you know the the frosty relationship with a certain other Muslim country, which mm -hmm. is a powerhouse, and his willingness to you know distance himself from the Zionist regime, and the you know the halting of the attack on Yemen, you know, and you know I pray for Yemen every day, and you know there are there are brothers right, and you know may Allah give them you know bless them and you know part of our eschatol eschatological belief is the the one of the the generals right and one of the right and the right hand man of imam mahdi alayhi salam will come from yemen the al-yamani right just like and, the, the date for him yes. uh yes. imam ali 
Yes, he was. He was. He will be the Malik al Ashtar of Mamali. Yeah. Yes. And you know, so he will come from Yemen. So he is al Yemeni. So you know, may we see the uh, the the hastening reappearance of the Imam of our time, and Inshallah. you know, recognize the Imam of our time, and you know, may these steps that are being taken have a positive impact on the whole of the Ummah. And I would say, you know, like, and parting remarks uh, that I say to the uh, to all my Muslims, Shia or Sunni, that you know, and because there is a lot of Shias that you know don't see, you know, they don't care about these things. Either, yeah, they're yeah. like, you know, we get to do our matam or azadari, we're happy. Mm, yeah. No, look, this is, you know, no. To me, the issue of Baqi, the rebuilding of Baqi, and the issue of Al Quds are paramount of paramount importance. For the whole of the ummah, they are the uniting factors of the ummah. Yes, that is yes. what, and I would say that you know, we need to see what we can do uh, to res uh, to preserve whatever remains of Al Baqi. And one thing I would say to those who say that, oh, you know, this is great worship, whatever worshiping or whatever, the the Khalifa al Muslimin uh, Abdul Hamid the second, right, the last mm -hmm. Khalifa of the Muslims. Why didn't the Ottomans tear down Al Baqi? Why did the Bani Abbas not tear down Al-Baqi? Yeah. Only ones who did was Yazid. Yeah. And we and we curse him. And no Muslim except Zakir Naik mm -hmm. curses uh, does not curse uh, uh, Yazid ibn Muawiyah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what it you know it tells you what it needs to tell you about 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 that. I mean, I can't believe we have to spend spend an hour talking about preservation of history as if this was some rocket science. Honestly, when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, it's like trying to prove someone that the sun exists. You know, like yes. what what do I do other than just pointing towards the sky and, that, hey, and it's right there? Exactly. It's not just that you're trying to convince people that it exists, and these are people who are blind willfully blind they have put blindfolds on themselves and yeah. they're looking at the sun and saying nope the sun doesn't exist the sun, exactly the flat exactly. earthers it's like arguing with flat earthers <laughs> exactly where do you where does one start right yeah. uh anyway i mean uh, as always you know a pleasure having you on Sarosha. it's always a pleasure to um, be on you know hopefully you know uh lesser feather, uh, feathers were ruffled <laughs> yes uh, and although... if, uh, and i do want to apologize to any of your listeners <laughs> who Got, who were offended and i would say let's you know i would love to have a discussion let's let's talk about this and look i am not as well versed in the books of hadith and uh, of the quranic verses but we can still enlighten sit and us. talk enlighten, enlighten us. us yeah enlighten and show us, us and not just and let's not just blindly follow what's written in the book allah has given us mantak he's given us logic mm -hmm. he's given us a brain right and Shia Islam, by the way, is the one place uh, we are not allowed to do qiyas, right? Yeah. So, but you and your other school and other schools, we do have that. So let's do qiyas. Let's look at analogy <laughs> and show me, anal analogically, show me where this is right. The yeah. destruction of sacred monuments and sites. Absolutely. Well. Um... Appreciate it as always. Uh, yes. We will reconvene again with, uh, I guess there are a few things that came out of this that I want to do a separate discussion on. Yeah. Uh, love but, to be back. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you take care, Sarosh, and uh, we'll definitely love having you back again. Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks. Thanks.